Well, amen. I never heard that song before. That's a good one. I'll take credit for writing that if you'd like. I want to be that man. That's great. He'll hold the Father's hand and lead his family. That's wonderful. A great, great song. Happy Father's Day, all of you folks who are here, all of you that are fathers. I commend you. I congratulate you. I would like to encourage you. If you've had more than one child, you need encouragement. If you've had one child, you need a psychiatrist. It's not as easy as it was when my dad was working with the perfect kid. Somehow I'd <laughs> shoot that guy, would you just? Just shoot him and tell God he died with a slow fever. Would you do that? In the Bible, in the book of Deuteronomy, please, if you would turn there, please, Deuteronomy, the, uh, in the Old Testament. And I want you to turn there. If you have a Bible like mine, it's 248. If you do not have a Bible like mine, we have them for sale in the bookstore. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Dads, I'm glad that you see the benefit and the blessings of being in God's house on Father's Day. Chapter 6 in the book of Deuteronomy. Just a little background. It's uh, 26 minutes till 12. I'll try my best to have you out before the basketball game this evening. The book of Deuteronomy is a 40-day revival service preached by Moses to the children of Israel before they went into the land God had given them. It's Moses' parting counsel to Israel upon entering Canaan. You can make a spiritual application if you please. It's Moses' counsel to those who have entered into a new life in Christ. And Moses is counseling us and them and he's speaking to a second generation in Israel. If we dads are not careful, we'll lose the next generation for God. If church is not important to you, imagine how unimportant it will be to your children and your grandchildren. And Moses is speaking to the second generation. The first generation have died. And he's speaking to the second generation. And he's giving them instructions on behavior. Hold your place in chapter 6. Turn to chapter 11, please. And I'll give you the key verses of the book of Deuteronomy. Instructions on behavior. God is righteous. 
above sin completely. Then he refers to us as the righteous who have been saved. And the righteousness of the saints is dependent upon the kind of lifestyle and behavior you embrace. The key verses is verse 26 and 27 of Deuteronomy 11. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. Moses told this second generation of Christians that is about to enter into the promised land, I set before you a blessing or a curse. If you'll read chapter 28 sometimes, you'll find the blessings that God has given and the curses that he bestowed and put upon this rebellious nation. The book breathes of the stiffness of the law. God did not give the law so that we could brag and break. And as you read this book of the Deuteron- book of Deuteronomy, you, it just breathes of the stiffness of the law. You say, well, preacher, this is for Israel. May I draw your attention to a verse in chapter 29. And I want to read for you the transcendent book of the living God. The Bible says in verse number 14, please look at this. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath. But with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. The message in the book of Deuteronomy and the word of God transcends time, tradition, and all teachings. Notice, if you would please, a verse for your thinking in verse 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that they may do all the words of the law. Yes, this book was written of the history and the behavior and the problems and the progress in the wilderness But it transcends just being for Israel. The Bible said all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable, bless your heart, 
for doctrine, for reproof and correction and, 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 and righteousness. I'd like to bring you a message today, if I could please entitle, Dads That Make a Difference. I get my text out of chapter 6 and verse number 6. Listen now. We've already decided and already come to the conclusion that the book is just not for Israel. It's applicable to us today. And I believe if the next generation are going to be churchgoers, Christ-loving, God-honoring people, it's going to depend upon the dads in our homes. Dads, that's willing to make a difference. Dads who will stand aright with a backbone like a railroad tie and a heart as big as a watermelon. Sweet, but strong. And these words, Chapter 6, and these words shall I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gate. Shall we pray? Our Father, today we stand in need of the divine help of you, O Holy Spirit of God, take the words, the motives, the message, and Lord, you apply it to the hearts today. Because if a dad is changed today, it will not be because of the head, it will be because of the heart. And so, Lord, drive these words deeply into the hearts of our dads and our moms that we can raise a generation that will make a difference, yea, even after we're gone. They'll still be testifying of thee. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I read a story recently about a humble, consecrated, powerful preacher whose young son was very ill. I do not know what it would be like to lose a child. Uh, and those of you who have lost a child, I pray that God would give you more grace than I could ever imagine. A pastor was faithful to preach. A pastor was faithful to serve. 
and his son becomes suddenly ill. After the boy had gone exhaustive testings in the hospital, the doctor came to the dad and said, Your son has but just a few days to live. Brokenhearted yet understanding that his son had been saved, it would still be an absolutely heart-wrenching thing to walk into a child's bedside and give him the news that he won't be living very long. The preacher prayed and asked for God's wisdom and asked for God's direction. And when he finally had the courage to go into the room, he walked into the room and began to converse with his boy. And he just sat down and read some scripture to him. And after a time of prayer, the dad gently told his son, the doctor said that you only have a few more days to live. And the daddy looked at the little boy and said, Son, are you afraid to meet Jesus? And the little boy looked up with a smile on his face into a face that tears are dropping down. He said, no, Daddy, not if he's like you. I'm not afraid to see Jesus if he's like you. Well, what a message that drove to my heart. Moses speaks to parents about passing on their faith. And I'd like to encourage you, Dad, to make a difference by passing on to your children the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Not a 21st century contemporary kind of faith but a Bible kind of faith, a Moses kind of faith. Parents need positive influence and to impress our children to be more like Jesus. I wonder today if my children aren't afraid to meet Jesus. I wonder today if have I set a Jesus image before my children that when I'm gone they'll have something within them that'll be worth passing on to my grandchildren. Dad Would you try to make a difference? A difference that honors God. A difference that safeguards your children. Boundaries 
that are put there in love, that they know when they pass those boundaries, they've gone from blessing to curse. Daddies, protect your family and keep them on the blessing side of God and not the cursing side of God. And you say, Preacher, how do you do that? Number one, I think our dads need godly convictions. Verse 6 it says, these words in thine heart. These words in thine heart. Dad, it's so very important as to what you have in your heart. For with a heart man believeth unto righteousness. Oh, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, Jeremiah said. Jesus said, out of your heart flows the issues of life. The wise man said, keep thine heart with all diligence, because out of it flows the issues of life. I think what we need today, more than anything else in the world, are dads with godly convictions. Not preferences, if you please. Not if you prefer to stay home tonight instead of coming to church. That's a preference. Not if you have more convictions and love for the Rangers than you do for Jesus. All they got to do is change pictures. But if you come tonight, it'll be because conviction. If your children sees you coming tonight, it'll be because of conviction. If you come, it'll be because you love Jesus with all your heart. And may I say in passing, you cannot pass on godly convictions if you have none. You do not have to worry about this church going the way of the world. You do not have to worry about this church picking up every little thing that comes down the pike. What you've got to worry about is your heart. What is controlling your heart? What or who do you love more than anything else in the world? We need dads with convictions. We need dads with convictions about visibly, now listen, visibly loving your wife. Touch her. I don't mean with this. Listen to her. Kids need to see that husbands love their wives, even as Christ hath loved the church and give himself for it. Our kids need to see a visible 
verbal kind of love between husbands and wives. We don't need a mountain caveman with a club in a hand walking around, swinging on the curtains, looking like cheetah and smelling like Tarzan. I got that backwards. I bet you didn't know. I, I bet you think I didn't do that on purpose. I had five guys about asleep. I needed to do something to wake them up. Dad, you got any conviction? Godly conviction? You want your kids to think important what God feels important? Godly convictions about visibly and vocally loving your wives. Kids need to witness true love in a marriage. Look, man, don't say you're falling out of love with this one. She got the same equipment as the next one. And if geographically things are changing on her body, you changed her. Get off that stuff, and I've got to try something new. That ain't your wife's fault. You're just an idiot. Kids need to see stable, visible, vocal Love. You need to tell her, baby, I love you. And wrap your arms around her and put a lock lip on her. No, lip lock on her. Sound like a Kirby vacuum cleaner backfiring when you come loose. Your kids need to see that. We need to have convictions, bless your heart, that our kids can see that marriage still works and moms and dads still look different. Say, how long is this sermon going to be? You need convictions. <laughs> Dad, you need convictions about the provision for your family to get a job. J-O-B. Job. Go to work. Well, I'm a stay-home dad. Pardon me while I puke. <laughs> you said, I'll fix you after church. Not if you're a stay-home dad. <laughs> you say, well, th times are changed. God's not changed. The Bible hadn't changed. The blessings have not changed. The curse has not changed. Why in the world should we change? Dear God, can you imagine me changing diapers full time? Old as I am, I'd save the diaper and throw out the kid. These hands are not made for safety pins. Does diapers still have safety pins? I just take them and say, you can have it. We need dads. 
with convictions about if a man does not provide for his own house, he's worse than an infidel. Now, I know a lot of dads going to get upset with me and a lot of moms going to get upset with me. Well, just join the crowd. Have yourself a ball. We need dads with godly convictions that will pass them down to the kids. They'll talk about it at the dinner table. And they'll talk about it on the couch. And they'll talk about it going down the highway in their truck. And they'll talk about it when they're doing their work. And they'll put in their child godly convictions. Godly convictions about loving your wife and providing for your wife and convictions about training. Training, the Bible says, fathers, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Teach them. Discipline them. Now, I discipline my kids and I spoil my grandkids. I discipline my kids and I spoil your kids all over the church. They go to the candy bucket after, after church. I did not know there is an age limit on when kids could start eating candy. Man, when my kids are being raised, if it could run, flower crawl faster than five miles an hour, I stuck it in their mouth. start putting that baby food in my kid's mouth, I begin to pray, dear God, may they puke it up quick. Split peas. And anchovy. Oh, boy, I like to have a lot of that. I got Milky Way bits in my office. My kids said, don't give my kids any of that junk food. I don't like to say, yeah, like I didn't give you any. I'd like to ask my kids, who eat the stinking greens off your plate when mama wasn't looking? <laughs> who siphoned those English peas through the trough? when Mama turned her head and they were gone when she turned around and said, Oh, Andrew, Mandy, David, you're such good kids. And I'm standing there about to puke. Daddy, get you some convictions about raising your children. The Bible said, bring them up in the, the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Teach your kids convictions about honesty, integrity. Teach your kids to have a good credit rating. See, my kids don't need credit. They need character. That means when they tell somebody something, they'll do it. And that means when they shake somebody's hand, that's a verbal contract that I'm going to pay up or show, show up. 
Daddy, teach your kids to pray and teach your kids to read your Bible and teach your kids that church is still important. That they need church. Dad, Dad, oh please, Dad, make a difference. I've got to be quiet. I'm interested in what's in this deal here. I walked in the office this morning. One of those was laying on my desk. I said, Happy Father's Day, Joshua Baptist Church. I said, Boy, my staff really loves me. I'm so glad I got one of those. I had no idea we was giving all of you guys one of them. Now it's just another gift. A gift from the Lord, amen. I may not have much, but I know in whom I believe. I may not be much, but I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. And I may not make a difference in the world, but I can make a difference in my world. And if I make a difference in my world, then I hope and pray I've got some kids that'll make a difference in the world. Dad, you can make a difference, but it's going to take godly conviction. I'm going to close. My next point was, you need a godly conversation. Speaking with them. Speaking with them. How many of you ever heard of Jerry Clower? He's the fertilizer salesman that was saved from Mississippi that told all those funny stories about coon hunting. He's the guy who said, shoot it. And somebody on the ground said, I can't shoot it. I may hit you. He said, that don't make no difference. Just shoot up here among us. One of us needs some relief. <laughs> Jerry Clower said, Profanity in public is a proclamation of stupidity. Enough said. Godly conversation. I've never cussed in front of my kids unless they needed it. And I slipped. I don't recall if I ever have. If Andrew and David says I have, all men are liars. <laughs> Over the past 46 or 7 plus years, I just had a godly conviction about my conversation. Because I believe, like Jerry Clower, 
If I'm not smart enough to express myself intelligently and godly, I am very stupid. When I got saved, I would ask other people to order my food because I could not speak without using the Lord's name in vain. I developed a terrible habit before I got saved. I Actually, I became like those that I ran with. And they had more influence on me than he did. But oh, one day I got saved. One day I met the master. And all of that changed. Daddy, your kid needs to see a different kind of dad. A dad with convictions. A dad with the right conversation. And a dad that is consistent. A dad that is, convict, uh, that is consistent. Notice the symbolism here. Bind it upon thy hand. Hand. You do with your hand. It speaks of doing and living. How are you doing with your conversation? your convictions. Are you happy one day and down the next? Are you praising God, hallelujah, one day and cussing God the next? Have you been in and out of church and you church hop here and you church hop there looking for a church that will meet your need? What you don't need is a church to meet your need. What you need is a church that will meet God's need in your life. You're looking for a church that is, is, uh, is a customer convenient? A church that will bend to your standards and please you. And the preacher never yell or raise his voice or get excited, but just commends you on your hellish living all week. We don't need that kind of church. The city of Burleson and Joshua don't need that kind of church. We need a church that will make a difference, that will stand for the truth of the Word of God and teach children godly convictions, godly conversation, and godly consistency. It says, put it as frontlets between thine eyes. Speak of the mind intellect, the thinking. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient even to the death of the cross. Dad, what do you think of that? What time's the game song? Who's winning the golf tournament? Wonder what I got to do tomorrow. Have I looked at my time saver? What do you think? Moses said, "You ought to let this mind be in you." 
Well, some of you are asleep. 99. Rock a In the treetops. I am not going to stop because you're looking at your watch. He said, I'm done. I've had enough. 